For many religions, death doesn't have to be the end of the story. We're here for a brief moment. What do we do in that brief moment? Hopefully it means we make a difference, at least for some, and maybe for many. That was Rabbi Zedek talking about lessons he learned from his father. I'm Marian Shuck, the host of Let's Talk Hope, a podcast devoted to talking about creating lasting legacies through organ and tissue donation. I'm joined today by Rabbi Zedek. Not only is he a spiritual leader at Emmanuel Congregation, but he serves on Gift of Hope's Interfaith Council, which helps us to navigate religious decisions surrounding organ and tissue donation. Rabbi Zedek, can you tell us how you became interested in the intersection of organ donation and Judaism? Wow. Why don't you start with an easy question? I mean, I mean, among the things that's fascinating in the query is I'm not sure there's that I can track a time when this wasn't obvious and coherent. Judaism for a very long time has suggested that the commitment to not bury organs, but rather to have them continue to have a, a valuable use is built into our tradition. It, early on, there's a, a phrase in, in the biblical book that's known in English as Deuteronomy, you shall not put a stumbling block before the blind. And that was always understood as when the technology became available for cornea transplants to do so, not only as a possibility, but as a responsibility. So uh, I have a hard time knowing the answer. As to the specific of the Gift of Hope initiative, uh, I do think I recall, and it was when I was at one point invited to be part of Secretary of State for Illinois' annual press conference to encourage folks to sign up for organ donor registry. And I, I suspect I met some principals from Gift of Hope at that time and that's probably how I got involved in the uh, spiritual advisor group. That is correct. We did meet at the Secretary of State's National Donate Life Month press conference. And you know, one of the things that impressed me so much was just your presence, but also your commitment and passion to being able to educate people and participate in the process of donation. Can you tell us a little bit about why it's so important for not only your congregation, but congregations across all religious spectrums to participate in the process of organ and tissue donation? Again, I'm, I'm glad these are easy questions. Uh, in Judaism, the highest value is a value that I suspect is shared in all Western religious traditions and more likely beyond just the Western religious traditions. Uh, and it's called in Hebrew, just to show that I know a little, pikuach nefesh. It is almost impossible to translate it, but it always understood to mean the duty to save a life. It trumps all the other commandments with just a few exceptions. And the exception, for example, if you're told to murder someone or, be, or I will murder you, you do not save your own life in order to murder another. However, thank God forbid we're ever in such a circumstance, fair? But uh, the ideal that you have the ability, even once the life force has left your body, its residence, to continue to be a life-giving force is compelling. It's compelling in Judaism, and I don't think we're unique in that conviction. 
My grandfather was a member of World War One mm-hmm. and also the treatment that he received during that time. And then just coming back in the treatment he received in America, mm-hmm. segregation, the Tuskegee experience. So that generation of African-Americans and Blacks have a healthy distrust of the medical industry. What would you be able to do if you were to counsel members of your own congregation or anyone else for that matter? Well, you know, the, the hard part is to see, to respond as an abstraction, you know, as opposed to, uh, I have a specific family with whom I have a relationship or I do not have one. But one of the things that I focus on generally at 30,000 feet, by which I mean in the, in the raw imaginings of a conversation is how might this death be not just an end, but also a way of responding to the values that your loved one expressed, embraced, and wanted to convey? If that's a part of their experience and your encounter with them, then there's no question that you're not desecrating anything. You are simply using the place where your loved one used to reside, because they're not there anymore, to allow a continuity that is distinctly available because of the technologies that we now have. And would that not be another of the ways in which your loved one's life becomes a blessing in the gift of memory and in the gift of life to others? If someone was maybe thinking about their end-of-life decisions or plans, or just wanted to discuss the notion of organ and tissue donation, but maybe they were nervous, how would you advise them to start this conversation with their faith leaders? Well, I, I don't think it's something that you've got to have discussed with your faith leader if you, if you are convinced of the, of the appropriateness of it. That's for sure. I don't think you need the sign on in every religious tradition. There may be some. But the sign, oh, my, my clergy person has given his or her approval, therefore it's okay. Uh, but I do suspect that if one has this notion, conviction, and the opportunity that it provides, that the only obstacle is not th- that concern. It is the ways in which we try to avoid the notion that we're all terminally ill, that we all are finite even if we have infinite striving built into us. Uh, I, in short, what I'm suggesting is any reluctance to discuss this is more likely a smokescreen for the deeper issue, which is namely the twilight of our lives and what does that mean. As you know, Rabbi Zedek, about 18 months ago, I lost my husband, Reggie, who I adored more than anything. Yeah. And at that time, I was a wife, a mother, a sister-in-law, and a daughter-in-law. And also in the back of my mind, I worked at Gift of Hope. Mm -hmm. And while he was a donor, a lot of people seem to think that in that moment when your tragedy is occurring, how can you make that decision? And why aren't you angry at God at that moment? Mm -hmm. My faith tells me that I will see Reggie again. Mm -hmm. And also my faith helped me to understand that God Mm -hmm. doesn't make mistakes. My husband was a gift to me. So how do you help people at that moment? I recognize that people may not be strong in their faith like I was, but to be Mm -hmm. able to make a decision right then and there, if you're called to the bedside, Mm 
Sure. How do you help people grapple yeah. with the situation? Yeah. Well, first, uh, we're fortunate that we live in a time, not the least of because of the existence of Gift of Hope, where it's where more and more families have had some element of this discussion well before the crisis moment, if you got to decide right now, that there's, that there's background input into that decision-making. But to take the, the, the question at, at its face, it's so dependent on the circumstances. You know, if it's a young person kill, dying or dead in, a, in some tragic circumstance, invariably, it's hard for the family to hear anything but they may be able to hear that this doesn't simply have to be a terrible, endless and hopeless tragedy. That the hope is that somehow continuity, however vague, beyond the embrace of God, is possible through what you can now decide to do. Uh, I remember vividly a heart transplant circumstance where the wife of the deceased person met the person who was the recipient sometime thereafter. And she asked to put her hand on the recipient's heart, obviously on his chest. And it was an exquisite bonding, healing moment for both of them that the recipient was the gift of such an overwhelming love that is beyond words to describe. And the widow was comforted in some way that's far beyond words to capture, that something good came out of her continuing love for the person who's no longer with her physically. Uh, if a fam I, I can support a family in, I believe, in whatever their decision, even as I think that the right decision is to strive to, to take the, the end of a life and make it not the end of the continuity of that person's meaning. Uh, that's the nexus that I would strive to help the family focus on if they could. But as you know, Marion, at that moment of loss, it's very hard for people to hear at all. It, it's one of the reasons why in Jewish, well, I'll, I'll be very personal. My dad died many, many years ago. I was 18 and I'm not 18 anymore. There are days, even so many years later, when it feels like he just died. But there are many, many more days, thank God, that he lives in me is far greater than the, oh my God, he's gone from me. And that's the process. And grief is not a straight line, oh, now I'm fine. It's a cyclical experience. And the, the sooner we get to that awareness, the more effective we'll be in embracing our lives for as long as we happen to have the gift of life in us. Rabbi Zadik, I know that you sent a note, but I haven't been able to see you in person, but I just want to personally thank you for making a contribution to Gift of Hope in honor of my husband. You embody everything that is true and good and honest about religious leaders, uh, and you're able to think beyond just your congregation. So I thank you for embracing me at that time. Oh well, you're 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 very kind. It's a, a, a humble gesture of connection because we're what, what should we say? We're all in this together, uh, and and you know, and the and the irony: none of us get out of, of this alive. 
what are we going to do while we are alive? Uh, and my hope is that it brings people to an awareness that we are one family, regardless of the tribes that we might be part of. <laughs> That's very interesting. I am very religious. I go to church. I'm Baptist. I know that I have seen it before, but I never paid attention to life's being a gift to us. And so I had a new appreciation for organ and tissue donation because it is a gift from God and God has bestowed this gift upon us. So how do we help people understand this is a gift? It's not ours to own, mm -hmm. but it is a gift from God. And therefore, we can give that gift at the end of life. Sure. Uh, let me go uh, in a, 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 a misdirection to try to respond to your, that direction. Uh, one. One of the things that's fascinating about the English language is how many euphemisms we have for dead or died, you know, uh, kick the bucket, passed on, gone to glory, uh, on and on and on, right? Uh, the only you, uh, substitute word for died in Jewish, well, there are two. One is the biblical one, gathered into his people or her people. And the other is exquisite for the moment. It's the Hebrew word is niftar for anybody out there who might perchance be A, be hearing this and B, this is part of it and C, know some Hebrew. Niftar literally means to be discharged from service. That is to say, while we're called to duty, might we perhaps get an honorable discharge? And what are the elements that convey that? I'll, I'll add a, a very personal note. I mentioned earlier that my dad died when I was young. I was 18 years old. My father knew he was going to die. And he set out for me to learn what I consider the most important lessons I've ever known as an adult and I'm still trying to embrace. Rather than drawing the obvious conclusion that life can't be trusted, what's the point of loving someone? You're only going to lose them. My dad taught me four things. Lesson number one, life is a very precious and fragile gift. Self-evident, right? Needs no elaboration. Lesson number two, were I to die today, I want more. I'm so freaking intoxicated with the gift of life that as Emily Dickinson, I'm sorry, as Edna St. Vincent Millay says, oh life, I cannot hold you close enough. Lesson number three, and I mean this with every fiber of my being, were I to die today, it would be enough to say the gift of life was worth it. I want more, but if this is all I get, thank you. Lesson number four is the hard one. I'd rather have my father than have learned any of it. I can't have that, but I can have what his life still means in me, through me, and as I continue for whatever amount of time is assigned to me. Uh, we're here for a brief moment. What do we do in that brief moment? Hopefully it means we make a difference, at least for some, and maybe for many. I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining us today in your truly eloquent answers. Oh, well. <laughs> I think our listeners will truly enjoy listening to this and hopefully learn a lot and feel better about their faith in relation to donations. We encourage you to start the conversation about organ and tissue donation with your loved ones today and make your wishes known. You can register to become a donor at giftofhope.org or by texting the word HOPE, H-O-P-E, to 51555. 
Hello, Tina Montgomery, Supervisor Community Outreach. In my role, I'm responsible for raising awareness and educating the community about organ, eye, and tissue donation. Daily, I'm asked a lot of questions about the donation process and how it works. So we've put them all on a wheel and that would give it a good spin and answer some questions from the audience. So here we go, that's a great big spin. It's question number three. Great, the question is, my religious beliefs don't support organ donation. This is a very great question. Most major religions in the U.S. support donation as a final act of compassion and generosity. In the United States, there are more than 100,000 people waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. Given the gift of life is a very personal decision, one factor that might affect your decision is your faith. Some religions have passed resolutions or adopted positions that encourage people to seriously consider donation and plan accordingly. If you have further questions about your religion and donation, please speak with your faith leader for more guidance. Thank you again for that wonderful question. We're gonna put more questions up on the wheel and spin them again during the next episode. So thank you all so much for learning more about donation facts. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please subscribe to Let's Talk Hope. This podcast is produced by Rivet and to hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.